Humanistic Presents Color Commentary, your podcast for thoughts and analysis on race, education, and the state of society impacting popular culture and politics. Today's podcast features the humans behind the humanistic organization with Humanistic Secretary Mariana Jankowski, Treasurer and Director of Technology Christina Harris, Social Media Director Brandon Fickwit, and myself, Organization President and Director of Marketing Sean Moore. Leading today's discussion will be our very own Humanistic Vice President Hazana Underwood. As we celebrate the 4th of July holiday, the humans of humanistic reflect on our so-called freedoms that our country represents. Today, in light of the recent Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade on June 24, 2022, the humans will be discussing the stunning turn of events regarding women's rights and its relationship to the meeting behind the 4th of July. Hazana, take it away. Oh, my, 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 my. (laughs) You know, so July 4th, let's start there. Uh, let's just yes. get into it, right? Let's just get July, into it. I grew up, right? I grew up July 4th. It was like a celebration. It was barbecues. It was a big party. It was a day that, you know, you hear, proud to be an American. You know, <laughs> <laughs> everything surrounding around like America being so great, like land of the free, home of the brave. And, you know, with everything that's going on, like I saw a meme today that said, does America even deserve a birthday? Like with what, with what is going on right now, does America deserve a birthday? Because, you know, it was um, July 4th is a celebration of independence. Initially, right. it was the 13 states that came together and started what is now the United States. Right. Yes. So let's just look at the word independence right because we want to talk about independence and independence itself is let's look ahead of here somewhere all right independence is not being under the rule of anyone else yes right so they no longer wanted to be under the rule of great britain and here we have currently a situation where the supreme court has decided to rule over the bodies of women. Yes. And tell them that despite what is going on, they have some exclusions, right? In some states, but in some states, even if you're raped, you still have to have the child. So they ha- they are they, we're supposed to celebrate this day of America mm-hmm. and them understanding what it feels to be independent and not wanting to be ruled by another country, but right. here we have our own nation saying that you don't deserve to make a ruling over your body. And I am going to decide for you that you need to have this child. We know that we have so many children in poverty. We know that we have so many different varying situations, whether it be rape or incest, or um, I know of situations where the child is not viable. And that's a medical decision. Um, even within my own family, I had to deal with that situation with one of my siblings. Oh, um, wow. Okay. A friend of mine's friend, her baby is currently seizing. And she Ooh. was under the impression that, she, and she was already prior to the ruling set up to deliver, have a delivery. Right. Um, and she's now being told that she has to carry the baby to term. Um, there are so many different situations that happen. And it's like, they've made this decision 
for me, I'm like, why? Right? Right, right. What is the underlying motive? So like you, growing up in this country, we celebrated Independence Day. I didn't know enough as a child to realize the hypocrisy inherent in that celebration. 1776, the United States frees themselves from British colonial rule and they decide we're going to be our own nation, a nation of equal fair treatment of men. And that's the key right there, equal fair treatment of men, white men. It wasn't until roughly almost 100 years later that blacks wicked their freedom and they weren't necessarily free in reality. They were free on paper. And then another 144 years prior to the Independence Day celebration, the Declaration of Independence, where women got the right to vote, 144 years, that entire time is hypocrisy. You claim that you're a country of freedom, a country of independence, that you know, we are individualistic, we, you know, we fulfill our own destiny, yet you have the audacity to treat its citizens who aren't of a certain color or religion or sex as second-class citizens. Mm-hmm. Why on earth would you repeal Roe versus Wade when the initial uh, creation of Roe versus Wade dealt with the fact that A, women were in control of their own bodies, and B, if you are raped or you have a situation where you're carrying a child that could kill you, you have the opportunity to change that. You can get an abortion. You can save your life. The Supreme Court has decided that because of traditional values in the past, we don't want to do that because it goes counter to what our values are. We value life. We value God, and God does not want this. That is, to me, ridiculous and not thoughtful. You have decided that half the population of this country does not have the right to control their bodies. That is awful. Mm-hmm. That's why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a conservative movement initiated by our former president, and it's rolling. And they've decided that we're going to go back to the days of yesteryear, make America great again. See, I don't see that. I don't think it has to do with conservatism. Is that a word? If not, I just made it up. It's a word, yeah. (laughs) I do not think it has to do with that. I think it has to do, this is a part of the plan to maintain control within the Senate, right? Mm. You have states. Our states Mm. are red and blue. Yes. Right? Come time for elections. You, in the popular vote, does not matter. If we went by the popular vote, half the time the president wouldn't even be in office, right? Yeah, agreed. True. You have a state, Georgia, that is Mm -hmm. normally a red state that flipped to a blue state. Yes. So what is happening is they're like, what happened like right after? Right after the election, it was like, Voter suppression. Yes. Right? Yes. So people were basically celebrating a victory within these states that that are kind of like almost red, almost blue, but don't really Mm. know. And then they come in and they're like, "Ah, stop celebrating. We got you. Right? Mm. How does that feel? If somebody took something away from you or basically is saying what you did was legal, 
but I'm going to make it illegal in some way to prevent you from being able to do that again. Hmm. Would you want to stay in that state? No. <laughs> Wouldn't, right? You'd be like, no. I'm going to leave the state. No. But what happens if you leave the state as a Democratic or a liberal? Well, you probably will affect you know, the, the nature of that state. It might flip from a blue to red. So now here we go again. We have Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade. It's another thing on top. We already did voter suppression. We hit you once. Now we're doing Roe versus Wade. And if you look Uh, at it, a lot of the states that are red states or blue states or like, we don't know if they're going to be red or blue. The, The states that are last minute that they're counting that are moving in so fast on this and making decisions right before the primaries. I get what you're getting at. They are in fear of losing their positions of power. So they are trying to control. It's it's almost as like if I was living in a state right now. Yeah. That told me that if I, if I had a baby, I would have to have that child. And if I was a childbearing age, which I am, but I'm not in my mind because I ain't have no more. But um, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to live in that state. I get what you're saying. I get your theory. I would start. I would start looking at like, man, this state is crazy. So you it feel that the crazy. that the strategy is is a conservative effort to rid their voting base of any sort of competition or opposition that could flip the state. Yes. On top of that, you have legislation or uh, legislation that just passed that is preventing children from saying the word gay. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's um, teachers have to report whether or not a, a child says that they are gay. Right. And those teachers are not allowed to talk about, have pictures of their same sex partners. Right. In these red states. Or red blue state. Let's call them red blue states. Red, red blue, blue okay. states are the ones that you don't know. What, like we know, California is going to be blue. It's we blue, know yeah. Washington's going to be blue, right? Yeah. I'm talking about these red blue states that they are trying to make sure that they go back red or stay red, so mm. that they maintain the power and the control. You drive out the liberal influence, the left, in order to completely control that state. But let me ask you this. If you live in say, let's let's say Georgia, all right, and they're like, we want to take the conservatives want Georgia back. If you are a left leaning liberal and you know that they're making all these rules, voter suppression, rolling back Roe versus Wade, affecting gay rights, minority rights, wouldn't you want to stay and fight? It's like, no, this is my state, this is my home. I can't allow this to happen. I need to fight back. There are some people that do want to fight back. And then there's some people that are tired of the fight. Like, how Mm. long do we have to stay in the fight? How many of us just want to go about our day to day and just coexist? I was just in London. For the first time in my life, I felt like I coexisted with other people. I felt like I was walking down the street and I wasn't an object. Like an an inanimate object that everybody looks at or analyzes or is guessing what I'm or yeah, what your orientation is or care. Yeah, do you get to a state 
where they they coexist. They're tired of it. We've been fighting for how many years? And they literally just overturned something that our ancestors have worked so hard for. Like, So when you were in London, let me ask you this. Did you have to get a sense of perspective as to how other countries, foreigners see the United States right now? Because this is a global thing. I know we're condemned. It, it, well, the way they talk about it, it's like we're the laughing stock. Like, <laughs> literally, like we're the laughing stock. Like, it's a joke. Like, they're laughing about what's going on in the United States on one end. On the other end, it's like, I was asked this question. Why do you guys stay in a place where they continue to kill you, to murder you? We just had a kid that was murdered. Yeah. 90 bullets put into his body. 60 to 90. Don't quote me. Put into okay. his... What? This literally just happened. Yeah. In London, um, don't quote me again, Like I think it was like 2013 or something like that, 2015, somewhere around, around there, but a black right. guy shot in whatever. They mm-hmm. had the totem riots. They riot, it stops. We riot, it gives them more motivation to continue to shoot us right. or rush in at the riots and, and mm-hmm. give them reason to act outside of their. Or just an excuse to say that, Oh, see, this is why we have to police this place. This is why, because they're going to get upset. They're going to riot. They're going to tear down our neighborhoods. We, this is why we have to be aggressive. It, it justifies in their head. And I'm doing the air quotes. It justifies the brutality. Mm-hmm. They don't see it as brutality. They see it as, as, see, this is what's happening. This is why we have to do this. Where as we counter, it's like, no, <laughs> we quote unquote riot because we're tired of walking down the street being chased by some gun toting nut job who thinks that's his or her duty to protect their neighborhood from us. We don't mm-hmm. want to be killed anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, being female in this society, women for centuries have been under the rule of men, raped, belittled, considered second-class citizens, and told what they can and can't do with their bodies. After centuries of this, women are tired. So people are like, okay, why are people up in arms in this? We want to protect the sanctity of life. It's like, you're, if you really truly want to protect the sanctity of life, you would A, recognize why we have stuff like abortion to protect female lives. Two, you recognize that a lot of women don't feel safe. You know, they're angry. I don't blame them for being angry. They've been oppressed for centuries. And you're wondering. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's, look at this. We just did dealt with a pandemic, right? Yeah. <laughs> FYI is still here and numbers are rising. But nobody's talking about that, you know? Yeah. Everybody was, reds were pro-choice, 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 pro-choice. What what happened? What happened to that? Roe versus Wade gave pro-choice. You were yelling and spouting pro-choice, but only when it benefits you and your situation. I mean, it goes back to the hypocrisy of everything. You know, uh, conservatives who celebrate the rollback of Roe versus Wade say that, okay, this is a win for life. You know, we're protecting unborn children, yet we have mass shootings in elementary schools <laughs> almost every week. It's like, you re- if you really cared about the lives of children, 
why have you not passed stricter gun laws? Yes, we just passed a recent gun law. It's not strict enough. We need to get rid of these automatic weapons that people have access to. If you really truly care about children and the lives of babies, yet we see babies gunned down in schools all the time because people, nut jobs have access to guns. The hypocrisy of it is overwhelming. On the one hand, you're like, oh, we can't allow people to terminate their unborn babies because of blah, blah, blah. On the other hand, we've just lost 19 children in Uvalde, Texas, because someone got a gun and decided to kill them all. There's a disconnect there. And There's I've gotten to the point where I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I am curious. I'm going to go one step further. I am curious to know what the percentage of deaths are from the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Like what, what is the breakout of mm -hmm. Republicans versus Democrats? Okay. Because you think of very highly concentrated areas, right? Right. And I feel like the president at the time didn't take it seriously. Of course I mean, not. He was like, COVID joke about it. Yeah. And was joking about it. Mm -hmm. And it feels like it kind of wasn't until like, his own people got sick and he got it and he got sick mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. he started to really start to take it serious. In That's addition, it works. but the resources, remember when we were running out of vents and stuff like that, yeah. they were going to the red States. I'm, 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 I'm just curious if like, when you have a, a voting base that believes in the rhetoric of a man or a group of people, who feel that this whole disease was a hoax? <laughs> yeah, that the liberals exaggerated it, and that God will protect you. Yeah, we of definitely. Of course, you gotta go. Yeah, but the degree to which we fought for everyone's life. Yes. Like, I feel like that varied. I feel like in the state of Washington, I feel like equally we were all fighting to make sure we all stayed alive. Right. Um, but I feel like in some states that wasn't the case. I mean, they had mass graves in New York City, you know, like they needed resources. They didn't have resources. New York is a blue state. Because people didn't take it seriously. A lot of stuff people don't take seriously or they feel like, well, again, this is, you know, life is sacred. This is a you know, sanctified thing. We must protect it no matter what, regardless of the consequences. Again, abortion. No one yeah. thinks that, oh, the reason why we have abortions is not because we like killing babies. No, there are medical reasons for it. There are social reasons for it. As a woman, Hazana, tell me, knowing the trend that our country is going in right now, where essentially the highest justice of the land told you that your body is subject to the control of individual states, how does that make you feel? You know, honestly, I um, initially I was uh, pissed, right? Like, yeah. But then my mind started, my my wheel started turning, mm -hmm. and this don't got nothing to do with them wanting more black babies. <laughs> They're <laughs> killing us left and right. This has absolutely nothing to do with them wanting more black babies, or more multiracial babies, or more ethnic babies, or more minority babies. I literally feel there's some other underlying agenda. And I really feel like it boils down to the control of power. So do you think those nine justices up there right now 
actually, I take that back, not counting our you know brand new uh, elected Supreme Court justice, do you think that they don't really care about abortion one way or the other? They care about how many states can we gerrymander? How many states can we get under our complete control? How do we appease the voters who know they will support us at the same time getting rid of the voters who won't support us? Do you think that's what's going on? Do you think that it's a concerted effort, like high-level manipulation, uh, and regardless of what the outcome is, you know, we have control of these states now because we've gotten rid of the liberals that can stop us? Do you think that's it? Or do you think, think? Yep. It boils down to the numbers. Okay. If I you, lose, if I lose power, I lose control, I lose my money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. And capitalistic society. I get it. It's a very capitalistic society. Like even down to like student loans, right? The whole mm-hmm. thing when Biden in, in, when Biden went in, it was like, Appeal student loans, get rid of student loans, you know, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, who's who has student loans? Where do the statistics lie? The majority of people who have student loans are minorities. Yeah. If you relieve them of that debt, do you know what we could do with that dispensable income? Oh, yeah. We would have Resources actually flourish to move yeah. forward to matriculate, yeah, to build lasting generational wealth. We would have that, that with money is power. I don't think they're ever going to do anything that would relieve us of a burden unless the majority of people with that burden is them, is connected directly to them. Now, if what you say is true, which there's very strong evidence for it to be true, you do realize that that's borderline evil. It's insidious. It is. Because that means that it's a concerted effort to shut a race down. It's a concerted effort. Yeah. But at this point, it, I mean, we can say it's about race. It's just about power. It's about power. It's about yeah. power because we have justices that are of other nationalities. Yeah. You know? Well, I think we talked about, I think we talked about this before we live. Yes. Racism is a problem, but the bigger problem, at least in this society is that we live in a classist society and certain classes want to maintain that power forever, which means the domination of lower classes, keep them in their place. Right. And unfortunately history has served itself. So we're so far behind. So it looks like to the plain eye, it's just racism. Yeah. But we're just so far behind. We don't have the resources to keep up. We don't have the resources to fight. We are the minority. We will stay the minority, you know? Mm -hmm. So when it comes to like, how do we do, how, how do you stay in that fight when you're so far behind? I mean, the answer that comes off the top of my head is we need help. We need assistance. We need to get that leg up. You remind me of an argument I had with someone I used to work for uh, years ago. And we were talking about affirmative action. And I think I might have related the story to the team you know, earlier off, you know, you know, off mic. Essentially, the argument was, why do we have affirmative action? Because your people are now free. 
To which I decided to give him a metaphor. It's like, okay, look at it this way. Picture a marathon, right? And you have the white guy and you have the black guy, right? And a marathon, you run 26.2 miles. The coach or the referee fires a gun. And as a gun is fired, you start. Except the white guy starts a run, full-on run, and the ref holds the black guy for about mm, five to ten minutes, right? Long enough for the white guy to run and get a sizable advantage. And then you let the black guy go. What's going to happen? Unless that black guy is super powered, he's always going to be behind. Affirmative action would be if someone came in a cart, picked up the black guy, put him in the cart, drove him to where the white guy is running, dropped him off, and now they have equal footing in order to make it equal and equitable. Because mm -hmm. like the only I had a, way yeah. with your scenario for that um, track star to catch up if the battery or something was put in his back, you know, like. Yeah, exactly. And then he just sped forward. But otherwise, you're just constantly chasing your own tail. And then yeah. if you have other things put on like that. And that applies not only to African-Americans, that applies to women, too. Because, again, and I would even argue that women have gone through longer periods of suffering because that's been for centuries. Women are second-class citizens. Women's bodies are controlled. It was a point in history where marriage involved the lord of the manor or the king or the royalty essentially selling his daughters <laughs> to other wealthy men in order to attain power and resources, right? Yeah. And that mentality in some form still, at least in my opinion, it could be wrong, exists. you can correct me, it still exists. It still exists. I mean, it, evidently it does, right? They just told us what they can do with our body. Well, they just told us what right. we're going to do with our bodies. It does definitely exist. And you can't say like this is, if you are pro-life, pro-life looks at so many other things than just abortion. If you are pro-life, then there would be, you wouldn't be cutting um, welfare programs. We wouldn't have all these children in poverty. We wouldn't have all these children in um, in homes. Maniacs shooting kids at schools. Right, right. <laughs> you know, that's pro-life to me. Here's my question to you then. Fourth of July, right? Mm -hmm. Are you going to celebrate it? Do you feel like celebrated? Do you feel like the 4th of July holds meaning for you right now? Or do you feel like the hypocrisy is too much for you? Do you feel like you're independent? Do you feel like you're free? Oh, I'm definitely not free, but I don't feel like I've, you know, the celebrating it thing. I don't feel like I've ever really, you know, I've celebrated the day, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've ignorantly celebrated the day because I never knew what the day meant. I just mm -hmm. knew that it has something to do with America being great. So yes. am I going to eat my my ribs and my my <laughs> chicken and and be at the lake and watch the fireworks? You damn right I am. You know why? Cuz I'm I'm an American. <laughs> like but, it's not me not going to a fireworks event is not going to prevent them from continuing to celebrate. Like Okay. It, it, and I'm not selling. I'm just in attendance because I need to eat too. And it's a beautiful okay. show. But I don't think, you know, people look can look at that as controversial. I don't, 
I'm not here for the celebration of America. I know where America lies. Um, yeah. But I'm not going to shut myself away because of what America is doing. So you do feel like we still enjoy the holiday, even though the origins are questionable and the situation now is you know, vastly different. You still feel like, okay, I can celebrate this. I can celebrate the idea of this. No, I feel like you get to live your best life. And that looks like whatever it looks like to you. And that's what it has to do with. You know, okay. I'm not going to shut myself away and isolate myself from this world that has been built without me included in it. Hmm. Because then what does that look like? Then that look that unless we had a I mean, unless I guess you build cohorts or groups that do other things. I mean, I mean, I guess there are people out there who don't celebrate holidays. Yeah. I'm not even talking about the holidays. For me, it's a familial day. You get together with your family, you get together with your friends, you get together, you get the children together. So it's more so of a familial day. Of a, of, we know that we got off because we don't get many days off of yeah. work. So we're all off. We're able to come together, enjoy each other, and you know have community, um, fellowship. Okay. So that's more so what it has to do with me. It has nothing to do with celebrating America being an independence because I know that we weren't independent. That's right? fair. And that's fair. The truth is, is we can sit here and pound and pound and pound. Like I can go to this event and be like, Y'all know black folk weren't independent. <laughs> and you wouldn't, it would be true. You wouldn't be lying. We weren't. We didn't but get our independence not, until December 6, right. 1865. So right. that's not going to get me nowhere. That's like, go pitch up signs to the, you know, that's not going to get me nowhere. What is going to get us moving forward is understanding how the political system works. And getting people in positions that are truly going to advocate for the people. Um, I just learned about like filibuster, filibustering, and I am appalled that literally legislation can be stalled by someone choosing to just talk about it to their blue in the face so that it Mm -hmm. moves nowhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's 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 crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Well, as you know, uh, Biden and a lot of other people in um, his administration have proposed getting rid of the filibuster. Whether they or not this to. happens, who knows? The filibuster has a racial undertone. Of course. Or not. Let's not use the word racial. It mm-hmm. has an undertone of suppressing underprivileged or minor people, minority individuals, right? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the 19th century, a lot of uh, Southern Congress people would use the filibuster to try to shoot down legislation that would help slaves and ex-slaves. So, yeah, you know, its origins were designed to maintain the status quo, uh, challenging new programs that could actually make all Americans freer. So that's where it comes from. Now, of course, it's been used over time for other stuff. But yeah, I think it's an insidious device to kill important legislation. Like, I'm blown away. I am, I, you know, at this point, I feel like I don't hold anything past them. I feel like they're act, definitely acting outside of their rule. 
I feel like there's so many other things, so many other policies, so many other legislation that should be worked on, but this was already in the wraps. Yeah. They were already working on this. This was, what's our next step? (laughs) Well, speaking of next step, let me ask you this. What can we do in regards to Roe versus Wade? What can we do as a people, as an organization, as an individual to fight this? Can we fight this? Is it futile? Is this the way America is going to be? Will other rights be rolled back? Or do you think that, okay, this is just a stumbling block. We can take this back. We just need to do X, Y, Z. What What are your thoughts on that? I have not the slightest idea. <laughs> I honestly feel like we have to get someone in the presidential seat that has or that chooses mm-hmm to act within his realm of power. You don't think Biden can do it? Has he? Like, answer me this. Like, I, mm-hmm. like, even with, like, looking at resources and how resources work, like, I'm not even, I'm not even, like, sold with this Democrat and Republican thing, right? Um, yeah. Because I feel like, first of all, I don't even know what I, I think I'm just more liberal or whatever, but I feel like the Democrats, like, what, what power do you have? You know, like it's like it almost feels like they're in cahoots, not all of them, some of them with the Republicans. It was like Obama was in office and he tried to appoint. He got shot down and he got shut down. Right. And they didn't fight it. You know how to fight it, but you're choosing not to fight it. Okay, fine. But then when Trump's in office and he appoints him and you don't say, no, you can't do that based on what you did. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you just let that fly? I don't, unless you were connected in some way. Yeah. What was the undertone of what direction we're trying to get things to move in? Well, I think you just nailed it. It's like connections, power. I, I think, you know, you have at that time, you know, that president who had so much influence that people didn't dare challenge him. That's why those nominations went through. Now, granted, keep in mind that Biden, his pick, uh, Justice uh, Brown Jackson, went through. She went through. So you can argue that, okay, well, you know, we got it's one. not com- you got one. It's not completely rigged, but it ain't easy. And I'm not sure if he can pull it off again, primarily because the people up there, they're relatively young for justice, so they'll be around for a while. But knowing this, knowing that the game might be slightly rigged, what do you do? We live in a world where certain freedoms might be rolled back because of, oh, we're trying to maintain um, the way it used to be. And you know, there's no precedent for the status quo. How do you fight that? Do we fight it? Is this a lost cause? Should we just pack up and leave the United States right now and be done with it? That's kind of how I, I feel. I'm ready to pack up and go. Like, I'm just like, you know. No, we we got to stay here and fight. But yeah. <laughs> I we're still optimistic, y'all. We still we are still optimistic. Right. I'm optimistic, but then I'm also like, isn't this the point where they come in and save us because they're killing us off and stuff? Like, isn't this a point where another country comes in and like says that's not okay what you guys are doing to those people, and then they say you guys can come over here and we'll give you asylum, like it. I don't think other countries want to touch us right now. They're looking at us like, what the hell is going on over there? Wow. If the United States is like this, what hope do we have? And of course, countries like Russia don't care because they're trying to conquer other countries. So whatever. 
Yeah. Honestly, we have to stay and fight. I think it's like literally um, creating a decisive plan within the political sphere to try and figure out how to navigate legislation that is actually going to benefit the people and then yeah. having those individuals in office that are going to fight for the people. My, myself, I'm just, I'm, I, I started from ground zero when we started this. I had no, I was totally ignorant to how politics work. You know, I voted primarily for, for the president. It was the presidential yeah. election when those come, came around, you know. I didn't vote at the local level. I didn't vote at the state level. You know, I didn't, I didn't vote it. But all of those things actually impact decisions that are made mm-hmm. uh, for or against us. Um, and I think and in that description you just gave us lies in the solution. I think a lot of people like you, like me, we still don't know enough about the politics to actually get in there and do what we need to do. We only surfacely know. It's like, we'll just vote for the president. Maybe we'll write a congressman. And that's about it. The rest of it is like, why is this happening? Why is this happening? I think to your point, there's more education that needs to be had. Yes, definitely. That ain't going to get us past. But I, I, I definitely think that this... It's something that needs to be overturned. I don't yeah. even know how that happens. Right. But um, I think AOC, she has yeah. a lot of, I've been following her and I feel like she literally lays it out kind of in black and white, what needs to happen for the people. And I feel like we need more individuals like her within politics that are going to actually stand up, advocate, lay it out in black and white, what things are um, and how we can continue to fight for what we are deserving of within the political realm that is going to benefit us. But how do we get more people like that? You know, I'm at the point in my life where I'm thinking we have to be as aggressive as the conservatives are. How do we get more people like AOC in there? How do we do that? Do we play dirty? Do we get as ruthless as they are, as classist as they are? How do do we do that? Because right now, they're rolling and it feels like we're not doing anything. You know, that's the question. I mean, that's, that's, that, that, that there's the question. And I think we keep coming back to that question because we have our individual lives that we are trying to manage. Yeah. The resources that we have are limited, whether it's a time resource or a monetary resource or an educational resource, like they're limited or a connection resource, right? Um, they're right. limited, so then we kind of get stuck in this gray area of what can I do next? But that's a good question. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, I like to think that by us discussing it right now, we're getting closer to some sort of truth or closer to uncovering some sort of plan or idea of how to fix this if it can be fixed. But we still have a long way to go. And I do optimistically saying, I think there are a lot of people like us who don't want this to continue the way it's continuing and we're fighting. We probably need to fight harder. <sighs> what a discussion. Yeah, I'm spent. <laughs> it's a lot. but It is. It is. My wheels have been turning. I feel like, you know, I'm pained. You know, there's, there's, I just really don't understand why we don't matter. Even like this morning I woke up and I saw an image of African refugees, bodies on top of bodies, on top of bodies, on top of bodies. And initially I thought that it was 
false news, fake news. And so I actually yeah. looked into it and there's video footage. And this happened, I believe, on the 26th of June. And yeah. they were trying to cross over into Spain. Yeah. And they literally have it documented as like 33 bodies is what around the number is. But you can look at the video footage and there's more than 33 bodies laying there dead. And they are African. And we have heard nothing, absolutely nothing about it. Nothing about it. You had the Haitians that were trying to cross the border and they were mm -hmm. whipped by the men on horses. And now they have a commemorative coin. You had the Hispanics, children, or the, the ISIS situation. And all the children were in the, in the cages and stuff like that. But then you have Ukraine, predominantly white people, and the U.S. rushes in to save them. I mean, <laughs> I think you know the answer to that. It's something we've discussed before. The inherent racism of media coverage is there, but there's also an element of classism as well. Ukraine strategically is important to Western society. Africa is not. If they don't want people to, it's, it, they don't want people to, the, 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 you know, because we're trying to build allyship, right? Yeah. The people who are kind of riding the fence. Mm -hmm. They don't want us, they don't want them to empathize with us. So they don't want to show them that we are at, they don't want to show them that we are at a disadvantage. Yeah. They don't want to show them that we need help because they'll reach out and provide those resources, right? Mm -hmm. So the media wouldn't cover any of that. Yeah. It's not in their financial interest to do so. And that's what it boils down to, unfortunately. Crazy. Well, uh, this has been a good, deep conversation. Uh, it's, you know, it's, um, it's, it's hard. It's, it's not fun knowing the trends that we're going in this country and globally, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. But I still optimistically believe that the more we talk about this and we spread the word that we will finally motivate people to do something and to steer this course that we are on, this trajectory that seems to be reversing everything that we fought for. I still think we do have the ability to change this trajectory. We just have to do something. Mm -hmm. So the question uh, is, what is that that we are doing? That's, what we're, trying, yeah, that's yeah. what we're trying to find out. But for now, we're going to continue to educate. Yes. <laughs> continue to have dialogue and have a yes. conversation. Preach, um, yes. And any yes. resources, anybody out there that has any resources or feels that they might have the answer, hey, hit us up. Yeah, send us a message. We can use the help. Thank you, Zana. Appreciate you. Thank you, thank you. And that wraps up this session of Color Commentary. If you are interested in learning more from us, please visit and explore our site at humanistic.org. Give us a like on social media and or send us a message on our platforms. Thank you for joining us today and taking the time to listen. <laughs>